All right, we're rolling. Welcome to the first episode of Online Theater Collaborative, where we share lessons we've learned from this past year working in online theater. I'm Neil Wexler, a playwright and filmmaker from Buffalo, New York, and I'm thrilled to have two of my favorite people on the first episode, TJ Young and Toby Malone. TJ, if you could get us started by telling us a bit about your work and maybe a few takeaways from some experiences you've had this past year with online theater. Yeah, for sure. My name is TJ Young. I am a playwright currently located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I tend to focus on uh, work that um, pushes inclusion and also deals with deep relationship, family, and friend dynamics um, with a little bit of lyricism and some magical realism thrown in there as well. One of the biggest takeaways for me as we've had to live online has changed the way that I look at new play development as a whole. And I actually think that the online space has become a really efficient way to develop work with artists that you want to work with. We can just send a link and people are there to help you. Absolutely. And Toby, if you could tell us a bit about your work and some of your experiences this past year with online theater. Thank you. Yeah, um, my name's Toby Malone. I am a dramaturg, uh, playwright, and educator. Currently based in Toronto, Ontario, but I teach in uh, Oswego, New York. It has been really gratifying to see the way that the playwriting world has has migrated onto this online platform and people supporting each other's readings. The fact that you're able to cast a reading across the country. But for me, the biggest and most important thing when it comes to collaboration is communication. And the way that we're able to communicate in this environment has, has really changed things for me as well. It's kind of amazing what we've accomplished this year in terms of reimagining how things can get done. And I think the big question is how can theater companies and schools take those lessons and apply them to their programming? TJ, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of living in that world right now on two fronts. One is I'm working with a university in Virginia to help devise a piece of theater specifically around the pandemic. And we have looked at the production from two angles. One is we're going to have an audience. The audience is going to be small, between 10 and 25 people, right? But the other aspect is it's going to be recorded and then pushed out over the internet. And so we had to have a real conversation around if the multitude of people are going to consume this online, we have to take more consideration into the filming of it. And I think that's that's one of the big takeaways that's going to happen is that Programs are going to stop looking at archival footage of setting up a camera in the back and catching the the whole view of the stage and thinking that that's good enough. Because that's what we saw at the beginning of the pandemic when theaters were trying to throw stuff up online, right? We saw this single static shot with terrible audio and everyone was like, what is actually happening? Um, but then theaters started to be like, oh, wait, if we treat this as part of the production, then we can just reach more people and there's more accessibility that way. And on the flip side of that, uh, I have a production that actually opens on March 11th that that's exactly what they're doing. There's no audience, but they got the local PBS station to have a multi-camera setup. And they're, they're on a stage, they're acting as if they're on the stage. The, the set was built, the sound cues are in there, the light cues are in there, but they are just streaming the whole entire thing with this multi-camera setup, right? Kind of like, Hamilton did. So from my opinion, people are going to start taking into consideration, yes, we have live performances, but then maybe there's a weekend where it's streamed online, 
right? And uh, I think all those things are going to be taken into consideration and built into the process of creating for these programs. Absolutely. And just so everyone knows, the play that TJ's referring to is called Number Six. I know I'm really looking forward to seeing this. And TJ, could you tell folks where to go to get tickets for it? It's uh, with Indiana Rep- Repertory Theater. So if you go to irtlive.org, I believe is their website, you can get tickets there. The entire step of the way, they have integrated technology. Uh, they had run-throughs the other day, and I was able to click a YouTube link and stream their run-through and watch and text the director and the artistic director. I actually think that that's going to be something that they can utilize in the future for getting artists' input on things even and saving the money of flying them out in housing and all that other good stuff. Totally. And Toby, your thoughts on how theaters and schools can apply some of the lessons that we've learned this past year? It's really interesting because I think when we first came into this 12 months ago, I think everyone was just looking forward to getting back to normal. Everyone was just, well, when this is over, we'll just go back to normal and we'll have 700 people in a room together again. And then I think the last six months has, have gone the other way where people have gone, well, it's never going back to the back to how it was. So I guess we have to change things up and we have to figure out new ways of doing things and so some of the things for me as a dramaturg I found that companies that have been most successful with their online work have been the ones that have really embraced the paratextual side of things about saying okay so you're watching a YouTube stream but you also have enrichment and research that's popping up in a in a side channel from the dramaturg this line is a reference to that I feel as though this has been a real year of experimentation where Things like saying, okay, we have a show on, but here, click this link and you can go to a jam board where you can participate uh, by adding comments and materials that will show up on the back screen of, of the show. That kind of engagement really comes to the heart of the fact that theatre I mean, has always been an evolving art form, and but it never just evolves in a vacuum. It always builds on what's come before. And what's uh, exciting is that a lot of the things that we are learning now are things that we'll become much, much more associated with in the future, realizing we we can do table work, but we don't have to be in the same room together. There's a blizzard, well, let's let's jump on Zoom. (laughs) There's a certain logic to the idea of saying, okay, rather than drive for an hour to get to a rehearsal, let's all just jump on this call, do what we need to do. Now, just turning things a bit, what about those companies that are now saying, look, we want to do all of our programming online. What are your thoughts for a company like that? I think that there's three things. One is the accessibility. And I think that that is one thing that cannot be stressed enough is the fact that now companies have the ability to close caption things. Now companies have the ability to have a lower cost of entry. Accessibility is often thought about as mobility, but isn't thought about as far as the the technological or the economic things that might stand in the way of people entering a theater space. I think the second thing is interactivity. If you work the technology into the actual show, then it allows you to innovate in a completely different way. It allows you to tell just different stories altogether. If those companies embrace the interactivity that comes with the technology, then I think that they will find success in this online-only space. And I think that the third thing is that for some people, it's just going to make economic sense to not have to worry about a building and to not have to worry about 
the overhead of upkeep of a lighting grid or a board or uh, any of those other things, but they still want to tell stories there. The storytelling methods are still valid. And we know like anybody else that there's a thousand more playwrights than there are theaters to, to do them. Right. Uh, that doesn't make those stories any less valid. So I think that the ease in which it's going to be to put up more work is going to be um, a balm for a lot of a lot of creators. Absolutely. For example, last night I was idly, I randomly came onto Twitter and saw a notification from a theatre company saying that there was going to be a talk held with a theatre artist I admired in 10 minutes. Click here for a ticket. And so I clicked, I bought a ticket for $10. I logged into the event. I watched the event and I didn't move from the chair the whole time. That's obviously not possible in any other format. Um, I mean, if you stumble across something on television or the radio, but having live interactive theater where you can log in and then join into a talkback and then ask a question of a theater artist or watch a play uh, as it pops up, like TJ says, the, the economic sense of that for the audience is undeniable. The thing is, I mean, I think it'll be very much like when cinema showed up and everyone said, oh, well, cinema's either it's a fad or if, and then once it, it sort of hit its stride, people said, now it's going to supersede theatre. And of course, neither thing was true. Uh, it was just a new paint in the paint box that we have to create um, the, uh, the landscape of, what, of our cultural world. And so this potentially is another area where you go, you know who really likes online theatre? The, the elderly. The elderly love being able to sit in the rec room of their, of their uh, community and watch a play that they could they they haven't been able to go out to the theater in this whole pandemic, but they can sit down, they can they can watch a, sh a Shakespeare or a musical theater. You know, that's yeah. My hope is that every theater company, that every school, develop an online component for reaching more people, for play development purposes, for taking the kinds of risks that very few companies and very few schools even can actually take, because they're always in the business of getting that next production off the ground. And that can limit the kinds of risks that are so necessary for the industry to thrive. Well, it is important because, I mean, the bottom line is always money with company. But if you can say, well, we can do it online and we're going to do it in this environment where it's, it's not going to cost very much and it's not going to cost the subscribers very much. I mean, uh, in this last year, TJ wrote a play that I dramaturged, which was an, a new adaptation of The Three Musketeers, which if it was staged in person, would have been an extremely expensive production. But online, we were able to describe a lot of the things that, you know, TJ had imagined would probably go on to this staging of The Three Musketeers. Uh, it cost uh, Pittsburgh Public Theatre, who staged it, uh, very little, and it was very successful. And it's a play that got aired. People watched it and go, went, oh, this is a good play. Maybe we could do this some at, at our school. Or at, and, you know, and so getting a, a, an opportunity to see these plays or hear these plays, I think that's so important, where you have this new place. It's almost like a, a fringe space that exists online of saying, okay, this is like our, our experimental studio space is, is we're going to read a whole bunch of scripts that wouldn't have, we, we can't afford to produce in full, but we're going to hear them. And then maybe someone else will see them and produce them. Or maybe someone else will see them and say, Hey, I, I heard about this playwright. I'm going to go look up his work on the new play exchange. So there's, there, I, I feel as though the outreach part of things is so, so much a part of it. I want to thank Toby and TJ so much for being here and for sharing their insights. 
thank you, Neil, for having me. Thanks so much, Neil. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. And uh, I'm so glad that you're doing this. I think this is something that we need in our industry. And um, this conversation is only growing. Yeah, we learned too much from this past year to let it all just drift away. <laughs>